welcome to the Decide Your Legacy podcast, helping individuals and businesses unleash their potential. Join us every episode as host Adam Gregg discusses what is holding us back and how to find hope for moving forward. Along the way, we discuss developing healthy relationships and navigating life transitions while overcoming fear, stress, and anxiety. Live the life you want, the legacy you decide. Welcome back to the Decide Your Legacy podcast. This is episode number 22. Today we're gonna talk about how to connect with your intuition, how to listen to your gut. Very important topic. I am Adam Gragg. I am a therapist and a life coach, a speaker. I've been doing this kind of work for over 20 years and what I talk to my audience about are things that I struggle with myself. I can struggle with getting stuck in my head. I don't know what to do. I get stuck overthinking things and how can I get out of that so I can make better decisions so I can trust myself really. I also like to talk about things and explain things in a way you could describe them to a six-year-old and they would understand what you're talking about. So basic stuff. My life purpose is to help people find transformational clarity and to overcome their biggest fears, to really step out and face those things that are holding them back. And I'm honored that you have tuned in today. I've had some situations in my life where I have noticed my intuition and really listened to it. I remember when I was 16, I actually was parked in front of a, of a house in a bad neighborhood. I was going to a party with some friends. I had just gotten my driver's license and I was unfamiliar with the neighborhood. I got out of the car and there was somebody yelling at us and I got immediately back into the car and took off. Somebody was saying some things I couldn't quite understand, but I knew in my gut that this was a dangerous situation. And my buddies actually hadn't actually left the car yet because it was a coupe where you actually had to open and get through the backs. You had to go through the side door through the seat to get out of the car. But when I took off, and this is a Honda 1989 Honda Accord Coupe, black, um, remember it very clearly, the guy shot a shotgun blast in the back of the car and right at us. I mean, the guy was strung out, he was on drugs. But it was my intuition that told me when I got out of the car and I interacted briefly with the man or heard him in the distance that this was dangerous, I trusted it, I got out of there, I was safe. I couldn't identify the guy in a lineup, but it saved potentially our lives. I talked to my daughter about trusting her intuition a lot because if she's on a date and she's 14, hopefully she, hopefully she doesn't date for another 10 years, but I tell her and talk to her about how, you know, sometimes things look and they appear on the surface to be okay and good, but you have this intuitive sense that something is off. It's really not the best situation. Everything looks good on paper. Everything presents as being positive, but something is actually off there. And we wanna trust that because that's our central nervous system. That's our intuition, our gut communicating with us. This topic means so much to me because you think, okay, we have all this information that is coming at us all the time information from the media, information from social media, information from friends, information from just all these different sources bombarding us all the time. And so much of it isn't true. It's just somebody presenting their agenda or somebody presenting something to give us a spin on what they think and they believe, yet we are bombarded with this, yet there's this still small quiet voice inside and it's this thing that is telling us go this way 
or don't go that way. It's this truth inside of us. I mean, it's connected often. It's kind of behind our emotions, but I like to call it that inner voice or intuition or conscious, or I don't know what you want to call it. You can call it just like a stillness, but it's something. It's this truth that says, this is going to be okay, or go in this direction. Even when everything else on the surface, all the information may show you something totally different. You're kind of stepping away from the hype and you're making decisions that are going to be and going to lead you in your, in the best direction possible. So what I do with clients is I really like to get them in touch with their intuition through different kinds of activities. And you can think of the word mindfulness. I mean, that's a common word you hear often. Even in corporate settings, people are familiar with, okay, what are mindfulness practices? How can we be more mindful? So here's a definition of mindfulness. So a mental state achieved by focusing one's awareness on the present moment. So getting into the present moment, being still in the present moment while calmly acknowledging and accepting one's feelings, thoughts, and bodily sensations. While calmly accepting one's feelings, thoughts, and bodily sensations. So really mindfulness is that a practice that gets us to step away, be present. And these are the same types of activities that I find help people get in touch with that thing inside of them, that intuition that can help them to go in the right direction. I've made decisions in my life where, okay, everything on the surface looked really good. I remember trusting somebody, actually a spiritual leader, when I was in first involved in a church and everything on the surface, they it really presented as being good. They but there was something inside of me that did tell me, like, and even something inside of my parents that did tell me, you know, this isn't a really trustworthy situation, trustworthy person, that kind of thing. But I didn't listen to it, you know, and eventually ended up having to learn the hard way what happens when you don't trust your intuition. I've made financial decisions that way that have not been good. I've made intuitively made financial decisions that have been good. I've kind of done both. And you have to be careful to just kind of throw it all out and say, well, I can't trust myself at all when you make a bad decision. Intuitively believing it's an intuitive decision because anxiety is what drives us away from trusting ourselves. I like to think of intuition as the antidote to anxiety. Anxiety can be caused by going through bad traumatic situations like trusting somebody and being betrayed, that sort of thing. And so then we become fixated on what could go wrong, not what could go right. We become fixated really in our head. It's all here, stuck in our head. Like, wow, I'm just gonna fixate on all the data, information, but I'm not gonna actually do any of that kind of stepping back and saying, what is inside of me that says, you know, go there, do this, do that. I'm not, I'm not even listening to that because I'm so fixated on what could go wrong. So now what I wanna talk to you about are some of my favorite intuition connecting activities. And I have them in three broad categories as I go through this information. These are ways and things you can do practically speaking. And so if you were a client of mine, we would potentially dig in deeper with each of these. But for now, I'm just gonna touch the surface and give you some ideas and thoughts on those kinds of things that you could do on your own to get in touch with that voice inside that's gonna lead you in a much better direction. It's gonna calm the anxiety. These are anti-anxiety type activities calm the anxiety and get you in touch with your gut. So first one, in broad categories, these are physical body type activities that you can engage in that are intuition activities. So very simple, very simple one. I mean, this is kind of a common one, but you think of, I mean, maybe it's common, but it's not, but like playing an instrument. So my daughter plays the piano and when you're playing an instrument, which I don't, but I do juggle 
and it's similar to me because when I juggle, I have to focus on the balls and I can do this. And I used to just do it for a half an hour a day. I mean, I would just focus because it gets me into the moment right now. But that musical kind of thing where you're really focusing on what is the guitar or the piano, whatever it might be. Um, think about these other physical activities that can get you like yoga, for example. I do love yoga and one reason is because it gets me in touch with what's really going on in my body. It gets me, I mean, it challenges me, it pushes me, I love it. Um, I need to do it more often, but it's just out of my head for a moment and I gotta do these physical things and I have to focus on my breathing, I have to engage in something physical as well. So something I do with clients and activity is, well, I'll ask them where in their body they feel certain feelings. So if they're happy, you know, where in your body do you feel happiness? And a common response to that is in their stomach. But it's interesting too, because if I say, well, where in your body do you typically feel anxiety or fear? And sometimes they'll say their shoulders or their head. Sometimes they'll say the same place that they feel happiness and joy, but it often is something that they're not aware of unless they're actually asked. So where in your body do you feel excitement? You know, you feel it in your feet, you feel it in your head. Where in your body do you feel um, who knows, humor or any emotion you can take and say, well, what does it feel like? And then even go deeper, like what's the sensation that you have when you're feeling that feeling? And they may say this energy or this passion or this, and they may have some kind of unique way of describing it, but it's some way. And that's a way of getting in touch with your body. And so then we can play that forward and that can give us insight into like, well, what's really going on? So if you're around somebody and you feel fear in your stomach and then all of a sudden your stomach because you're around somebody new or you know, not just because you ate something that upset your stomach, it's a different type of sensation, but you're starting to become aware of really what happens physically. So a lot of trauma work does center around the body getting in touch with feelings, getting into getting out of your head, getting in touch with these sensations that you feel. So those are a few right there. So instrument, learning an instrument, juggling, yoga. Um, another one is uh, getting a massage. You know, if you've never gotten a massage before, I find that I do a lot of great processing as I get a massage. I mean, I know it's expensive. You know, it's kind of like going to talk to a life coach. I mean, it's expensive, but I'm gonna ask you the questions that no one else is gonna ask you or someone that, you know, I'm gonna get you thinking about things you wouldn't have thought about. So that sort of thing, get you focusing on things you wouldn't have focused on. But you can get a massage and then actually try to relax, try to enjoy the process and then see what comes up. I mean, I do, like I said, sometimes I can journal after getting a massage and it's helpful because I've solved some problems. I've sorted through some things. A lot of times I'll fall asleep, but I just kind of go with it and let go just to see what actually happens. Um, so th those are all in the category of you know mindfulness activities that relate to the body, physical. So here's some here's some mindfulness type activities that relate to focusing your attention. So in the in the moment, I mean that's just kind of a broad category. But think of these as you go here. So one thing I like clients to do is an intuition log. So they actually log the times in a week and they can even look back over the last six months and say, you know, what are some experiences? I mean, maybe ask yourself through, who knows, you know, you, you, um, you just think back over the last six months and say, well, what are some experiences where I, I, trusted my intuition or I didn't trust my intuition. So I trusted, I didn't trust my intuition and then what actually happened? 
I mean, it's kind of a hard thing to do, but you go through the day and say, well, what does my gut say? Or what do I perceive my intuition is actually saying? And so this is why a lot of people, I notice that are really spiritually minded, they may start their day with prayer or start their day in a devotional or worship or something. And to me, it's like they're connecting with God and they're connecting with that small voice inside. And I mean, they may not, they may call it the Holy Spirit and, and I may call it, I mean, the Holy Spirit or intuition or, you know, but it's the same thing that they're describing, typically stepping back and getting in contact with it. So you start journaling, just becoming aware. When are you trusting it? When are you not? When are you letting go? When are you not? When are you surrendering? When are you not? It's intuition log. That's what we're talking about right there. So another thing you can do is you can start to just become, to create journaling journaling practices in your life. And you can do free form journaling. So I've had I've had clients in the past and a lot of people ask me, you know, how do you journal? And part part of it could be, well, you could just journal how you feel. You could just write about the feeling. You could journal about the positive and negative experiences you've had so far that day. You could just do free form journaling, anything that comes up, anything you want, anything, any thought that comes up, you just write it down, you list it. You'd express it to the best of your ability. And the part of that that becomes very mindful is when you review. So you have you have this, you're getting it out there, you're focusing, you're, li- you're writing about it, and then this intuition can come when you review what you wrote and said, hey, look, man, that was kind of clear now. It's very different now. And you have this gut level reaction to that as being true and accurate, even though at the time you didn't necessarily even think that it made much sense. When you reflect on it in the future, it makes more sense. And then you may reflect on it again and it makes even more sense. So people that have good, healthy journaling practices, and I find you don't need more than 10 minutes to do this, they do find, I do find that they connect more with that inner intuition, conscious voice kind of thing, more aware. Um, You can do a noticing activity. So this can be a combined with a physical activity. So going on a walk, and then I've mentioned this in a previous podcast, I think it was podcast number three or four or whatever, but you can just notice all your different senses being aware of everything that is around you. So for example, you know, what do you see? You know, I see a red wall. What do you hear? I hear I hear a little bit of buzzing in here. You know, what do you feel? I can feel this table and it's flat and it's kind of rough, you know, or my pants are soft. You know, what do you smell? Not much right now because I'm congested, but you're trying to become in the present moment aware with your senses of what really is happening around you. And that is a very positive, you have to intentionally do it, but it can get you grounded and focused and aware of what really is happening right here, right now. Another thing you can do is read out loud. So I just kind of thought, I don't know if this officially qualifies as a mindfulness activity, but when people have a scattered brain, and it's all over the place and their thinking is all here and there and everything, that I can find that some people can read something and they actually at that time don't ever process anything that they're reading. So they just get to the end of the page and there's nothing actually, no content is actually absorbed. Well, what you can actually do is read out loud and it's creating a situation where more of your senses are engaged in the material and it's harder not to be focused. So if I read out loud, I hear my own voice, I have to process at a different level. It may just be one page, two pages, three pages. It's a great speaking activity if you want to work on become on your public speaking skills as well. But I just find it being very helpful to get my mind focused and mindful and everything in the right place there. And then you have another one is uh, prayer. So prayer meditation. You know, meditation. You think of um, you know focusing on something or listening 
being still to listen, prayer, more active, engage. I mean, intercessory prayer, praying for people you love, praying for your friends, your family, asking God for wisdom, asking God for, you know, to help you in whatever situation it is. I mean, truly asking. Those kinds of things, very powerful. And I, I do view them as mindful, you know, and I I grew up Catholic. My mom, she says the rosary once a day. So she does it, I believe, while she walks nowadays. She's in her 70s. I have one of my good friends that's Catholic. He says the rosary three times a day. And they're not real legalistic about it, but they, I mean, they may not do it just perfectly, but it's a way to get them focused and grounded and situated. And so they find it very helpful to themselves as well. So those are some activities that are going to draw your awareness. And then the third category is on the breath. So it's breathing, a breathing activity. And I wanted to close with this as an activity because you can actually use this. This is something I learned from a um, a former colleague. He's a great counselor, um, does a lot of mindfulness activities. Um, he's in the same small, not small, but he's in the same town that I live in as well. In fact, I just had a chance to talk to him this morning and he actually taught me this. It's called soft belly breathing. And the whole main thing is to do we, for just a moment, can we focus on our breathing? And so I wanna just read to you what I read to clients. And I mean, most of you listening to this podcast are actually, most of you are listening to it, not watching this, but you can use this even right now. It's about a three minute activity where you're going to focus on your breathing right now. So for a moment, if you can, you can leave your eyes open or you can close them. I just want you, and some of my clients have a calming voice. I just want you to focus on your breath. Just focus on it. Focus on your breath. And it can be in through the nose, out through the mouth. If you're congested like me, it can be in through the mouth, out through the mouth. And just by focusing on your breathing, just by focusing on your breathing, it's actually gonna probably slow down a little bit. It's gonna slow your heart rate down. It's gonna change the blood oxygenation level. It's gonna slow it down. In most people, what happens is you notice two different things while you're focusing on your breathing. One is, is the actual breath coming in and out. It might be cooler on the way out, warmer on the way in. And the other is as you breathe, it's like a gentle movement in your body. It could be the rising and falling of your shoulders. It could be the rising and falling of your abdomen. It could be your rib cage, but there's some gentle movement. And noticing that movement is one of the best ways to relax yourself. Just noticing that movement and noticing the breath. It's one of the best ways. And then now what happens is, is our mind gets really active when we're focusing on our breathing. So I want you to, as a, as a thought comes in, I want you to just try to let it go. Notice the thought and then try to let it go. Like a cloud floating by in the sky or a plane flying by. You, you notice it and then you let it go and you refocus on your breathing. And what I want you to do is on the, on the, on the inhale, I want you to say soft in your mind your eyes are closed. And then on the exhale, I want you to say belly. So imagine your belly is soft. On the inhale, and then on the exhale, belly, soft belly. Soft belly. And those thoughts pop in your mind. I want you just to notice them for a second and then go back and bring your awareness to soft and then belly. And that's really 
basic it. That's it. So you can do this at any point. It's letting go of those thoughts. It's focusing on your breathing. So if you're in that state right now, take a couple more breaths. And then know you can come back to this at any point. You can come back to this activity at any point. And how is this correct connected to intuition? Well, you're getting out of your head. You're letting go of those thoughts. You're letting go of it. Something else may be coming up. And those thoughts, those intrusive thoughts, I mean, you're... They can be related to just anything that happened in your life. It's your psyche. You know, you could say it's a, it's a, it's negativity. You can call it all kinds of stuff, but because you're focusing on your breathing, you're actually identifying that that's not you. That's not you. You don't have to identify with that thought. You can actually say, wait a second, you know, I'm not going to let that consume me. I'm going to let that go. I'm not going to let that just be what drives me. I'm going to let that go. So breathing awareness type activities and can it's another category. So I have three different categories. One is the physical body. And I mentioned some things that you can do. They're very practical things. One is drawing your attention to something. That's like the journaling, the intuition log, the noticing activity. And the third one is on the breathing. And there are apps that you can engage in that can really help you like calm and headspace. There are things that you can become, make practices in your life like going on a walk after work and using that to breathe. You can combine all three of these. You can work on your breathing. You can work on some kind of awareness by noticing everything. You can also work on your body. You know, how does my body feel? Asking yourself the questions of, you know, what's that sensation? You know, <laughs> what is, how does the wind feel? You're connecting and you're making them a practice in your life. If I had more time, and there's some other things that as far as breathing that can be very helpful. And one is um, when, and you can try this on your own too, but even the timing and the, the seconds that you apply to a, to a breath. So four seconds on an, on an inhale, you know, or you can say six seconds on an inhale and hold it for four and then try exhaling for eight. So you inhale and you count in your mind then you hold it and then you exhale and you start to have less and you can do the soft belly breathing even while you do that but you start to actually slow your breathing down so when we're anxious and we see something that makes us anxious it reminds us of something so there are certain traumatic things in my life that can make me anxious so like a very i had a really traumatic event once with a school principal and even today you know somebody that is um you know, a lot older, like a grandparent figure that's very stern or angry can trigger me. I can notice that um, in myself. And so it's a trigger. And But when we're aware, we slow things down. We're not, you know, because when we're anxious and we're triggered, our breathing is going to be shallow and it's going to be more frequent. So we might have, you know, 16 to 20 breaths a minute, but when we're relaxed, it may be eight breaths a minute, that kind of thing. So there you go. You got some activities that you can engage to get in touch with your intuition. And for anything to work, well, first of all, you gotta become aware of it. And we change because of first of all, awareness. And then we have to take some kind of, we, we have some acceptance of it. So awareness, 
that, okay, I have shallow breathing, I am anxious, acceptance that, yeah, it's impacting me, I don't want it to impact me anymore, and then we have to take intentional action. That's the third step of the change process. So intentional action that I'm gonna apply something that I learned today to my life, and it's gonna change my life if I apply it. So for you, what I want you to think about is what of which of these activities specifically really resonated with you, that you think, I can apply this and it's gonna change my life. And what you can do too is, if you wanna refer back to some previous podcasts, I have a number of different podcasts that can actually help complement this type of information. One of them is how to deal with your past because a lot of times that triggers our anxiety. It takes us away from our intuition because it gets us stuck in our head. All the podcasts on anxiety are highly connected. I think number one and number three are on anxiety as well that I did last year. So go ahead and check out those podcasts. If you found this information helpful, absolutely encourage you to subscribe to the Decide Your Legacy podcast on Apple or Spotify. Stay tuned for more. Give me a review. These are extremely helpful when I get reviews from my audience out there and when you tell your friends. If you found it helpful, tell your friends. Subscribe to my newsletter at decideyourlegacy.com. I know I send helpful content out. I try to send helpful content out every week or two. And if you do that, you're gonna get two free, very popular resources. One is my list of 50 favorite questions it's relationship building questions you can use with your friends and your family, icebreaker, team building. And you're also gonna get, and if you like that, by the way, you wanna check out my blog post on, I think it's 14 great icebreakers for teams. And if you like that as well, I really encourage you, well, sign up for the newsletter. You're gonna get also five days to overpowering anxiety. It's a PDF, step-by-step, -step, take you through five days to overpowering anxiety. So if you've identified if you've identified something in, that resonates with you, connecting to your intuition, you start applying it. You start making a practice with it. Because if you do those anxious moments, when you're in those situations, the chatter, the mind, it's going crazy, but you're able to say and step back and say, you know, I can, I can trust God with this. I can step back, it's gonna be okay. It's not what I think, you know, it's not what I think, it's actually what I know. And what I know to be true is much more important than what I think, because what I think can be lies, can be fallacy, but what I know to be true is what's gonna guide you. So my hope for you is that you start stepping back, connecting with what you know to be true, and you start listening to that. You're gonna make mistakes, it's not perfect. You're gonna make mistakes, make it a seven, but you start to say, hey, look, I can trust myself, and you move in that direction. So today, make a decision, you decide your legacy, nobody else. You make a decision with something that you learned today, and I will see you back tuning in to the Decide Your Legacy podcast next time. Thanks for tuning in. Bye-bye. This show is part of the ICT Podcast Network. For more information, visit ictpod.net.